Amen. Well, it's glad to be here today. I, I just want to say this before we start. There is so much bad news going on in this planet, but I'm going to guarantee you when you come to church, you're going to hear the good news. Amen. And listen, I'm prophesying this, and I'm not even a prophet, but I'm going to prophesy this. I don't care who wins the election. The church is going to be alive and well come November 3rd, come November 4th. Listen, if the church dwelled mightily during the Civil War, during World War I, during World War II, and every other war and everything that's going on during the Cold War, Jesus was still hot on this planet. Amen. And nothing's going to change this week. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Nothing's going to change. God is alive and well, and he is not, he is not going to fall off his throne. No matter who wins, he is still king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. All right. I do want to say this to all of our church people. I believe it's wisdom that you should go today probably and stock up on your food. It could get crazy. It could. And if it doesn't, hallelujah, you'll have extra food and you can invite me over to eat supper. But anyway, um, I, I suggest you, you stock up on food and TP and everything else. So uh, just, just in case, I think that would be wisdom. Amen. Are you ready for the word today? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the Holy Ghost, Father, that he is here and we believe that people would be ministered to. Every single person, every child that went downstairs, Lord, we believe for all of us to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us in this hour. We thank you, Lord, that when this is service is over, that we will be more in love with Jesus, and we will look at him and focus on him in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to follow along, you can go to our website, rmfchurch.org, click on media, and then notes, you'll see pay it forward Part 2, Romans 15, 13. Can we say this out loud together? Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. We always have hope, and you need to realize that you have hope. As far as we've been talking about kindness and uh, the disconnect that we have from our spiritual man, from the natural man, but it's not just, I believe, you, you can put anything in there that's been deposited inside of you and me. Uh, one thing is healing, prosperity, having all your needs met. Healing. Why, why isn't uh, all of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all nine of them, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, all of those are inside of us. So how, if it's inside of us, why doesn't automatically be manifested? Why isn't it always, if I have it, Pastor, why don't I just walk in kindness without even thinking about it? Why don't I walk in love with just ever thinking about it? Well, I believe one of the, not the only reason, but I believe one of the biggest reasons is there's the soul that makes the connection from the spiritual man to the physical man. And in your soul is your will, your mind, and your emotions. Your will means you get to choose. You get to choose. You get to choose whether, 
in Deuteronomy chapter 30, it says, Choose life or death, cursing or blessing. You can even go as far as to say choose healing or sickness. You can choose. I, I, I just know that I have a better revelation of healing when, when something comes on to me, some kind of symptom or anything. I, I choose, no, I'm not taking you. You know, we say this phrase, oh, I'm taking a cold. And I know that sounds petty, but I just refuse to say that I'm taking it. I say the opposite. I'm rejecting a cold. I, if I sneeze a couple of times, I go, no, I'm just letting you know that I'm not receiving any cold in Jesus' name. You refuse it. Choose. You get to choose. And um, that's your chooser, your will. God gives us a free will to choose. Everybody has a free will. And I said this last week. People say, well, God's in control. Yes and no. He's not in control of you. He doesn't make you do something. He doesn't make people do something. And people get, you know, they get all shook up at that. Well, God's in control. No, he's not. If he's in control, he's doing a really poor job. He put you on this planet, put me on this planet, and he said, this planet is now yours. It's ours. And we have the choice what we do with this planet. We have the choice. And it's kind of like if you've got teenagers, you know this. You could say, yeah, I have teenagers. Are, are you in charge of them? Yes. Are you in control of them? Not so much. We guide them. We train them. We, we pour our life into them. But ultimately, they're going to choose. They are in control. You can't control everything. You know, I thought about this, you know, when my daughter Danielle got married. I mean, how weird would that be if I just followed her and Nathan around and say, no, you can't do that. No, you do that. Yeah, it'd be really weird and consuming on my part. But anyway, God doesn't do that either. He doesn't. He says, I want you to choose. He's given us the word of God to help us to choose. He's given us the Holy Ghost inside of us to help us choose. And, and even in John, he says, the Holy Ghost is in you to lead you and to guide you. Your steps will order the Lord. And you can even know parts of the future. And he says, I've given you the Holy Ghost to help you on that. But we ultimately get to choose. So that's part of your, uh, your soul, your mind. That's where you do your thinking. Chelsea, last week, she had such a great thing. You know, we were talking about um, uh, kindness, and she said she's done this with her, her children. And uh, she's, when they come home from school, and instead of saying, how was your day? She says this, what kindness did you show to your friends today or to the people today? And I went, wow. And you know what that's doing? Renewing your mind to cause your kids to think differently. That's the renewing of mind. That's your responsibility and mine. Romans chapter 8 says to renew your mind. Renew your mind. Romans chapter 12. I said 8. Romans chapter 12. Renew your mind. And then your emotions. Your will, your mind, your emotions make up your soul. And all three of them are going to help connect what God has deposited inside of you for that to be manifested outside of you. And so your emotions, how, how are your emotions coming into play? Well, first of all, that's your feelings. And our feelings, so many times we let them dictate to us how we feel. If you feel, start feeling 
And it starts with your mind, what you're thinking on. You start thinking on something bad, something negative, something blue. Then you start to feel down. You start to feel down. And so God wants you to know that you and I are in charge of our emotions even. You start to feel down, you can sip. This is what David said. He says, why so downcast, O my soul? In other words, he was feeling down. He said, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your trust in God. Put your trust in God. I mean, this is one of the times David was going to be when his, he was not the, he was the king, but it had not manifested. But he had a band of believers with him that were going to, from city to city. And when he came back to Ziglag, when they got kind of close to the town, it was burning. Smoke was rising up. When they walked into the town, all of their children, their wives had been kidnapped and all of their belongings stolen. And this is David with all of his mighty men. And so all of them started talking and looking at David and said, this is your fault. I mean, he lost his wives and kids just like everybody else. And now everybody's against him. That's a bad day. That is really bad. But you know what he did? He, lift, he says, the Lord is the lifter of my soul. He called the priest in and he asked the priest what we're going to do. And he just encouraged the people. When everybody was against him, he looked to God. And I'm encouraging you, no matter how bad it looks, no matter what, we can look to God, and he's always going to be the lifter of our head. He will never fail us. And so we talked last week about abiding. We need to abide, but I I feel like I didn't do a good enough job on this uh, because, how many, are you a believer in Jesus Christ? Then the Bible says that you are abiding no matter what. 1 John 4.15. 1 John 4.15 says this, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So in John chapter 15, it talks about abiding in him. And so sometimes you may think that, man, I've really, I, what do I need to do to abide? Believe in Jesus. You're abiding. But there is a disconnect sometimes because we don't feel, there's the feelings again, that, you know, that there is a separation between you and God. Maybe I'm not abiding. No, you're abiding 24-7. Wow, that's good news. When I don't feel like it, when I'm asleep, when I sin, I'm still abiding. I believe we have to make a conscious effort, though, that we are abiding. You know, some people think, you know, We all know that we're not perfect, but what if you had the mentality that you were perfect? Would faith be easier for you to believe anything? Would faith be easier? I'm I'm just throwing this out there. I I just thought of this. If I was 100% perfect, I think it would be easier for me to go before the the Lord of lords and the King of kings, to go before my Father and ask Him for anything and believe that I would receive. Why? Because I was 100% perfect. Now, there's some religious people that think they're 100% perfect. Or they may say, I'm not perfect, but I'm better off than these people over here. They think they're better off. And the problem is God doesn't grade on a curve. I always liked that when I was in school. Did you like that? Especially if it was any English class. 
Math, I was okay. English, I needed the curve. And I mean a curveball. I mean, I mean, it's a miracle that God called me to speak, and I did real poor in English in Kentucky. And if you do poor in English in Kentucky, that, you are really sad. <laughs> because like I've said, you know, English was like an elective. I mean, if you could talk and speak, you knew English, so I don't know why we had to take courses. But anyway, the problem was that if, if you think that God grades on a curve, he doesn't. You have to be 100% holy, 100% perfect before God. It's not 99.9. It's not that, well, I'm better off than these. No, you're still, if you offended in one part of the law, you're, a, a, you're guilty of everything. And that's why God knew that, and so that's why we have Jesus, who was 100% perfect, who met the standard. And so now that I am in Christ, people say, well, I'm just not perfect. This is the wrong mentality. We have to renew our mind. We have to realize that I am in Christ. Therefore, I am in the perfect one. And whatever I do desire and ask, I can receive because of the perfect one that I abide in and him and me. I can receive all things because of the perfect one. Wow. But this is what I know. This is what I know. I believe the greatest tool of the enemy is condemnation, guilt, and shame, regret. They all clumped in together. I believe this is one of the biggest hindrances for people to receive healing, even though it's been paid for already. My healing is not, whether I receive or not, is not based upon anything that I can do or any kind of performance that I can do to get God to move on my behalf. I don't know about you, but that set me free a few years ago. Because I used to think that if I did something wrong, that I totally opened up the door for sickness to come on my body. If I believe that, sickness will come on your body. Whatever you believe, whatever you believe. But this is what I know, that condemnation, this is the Romans chapter 8 part, why do people feel condemned if the Bible says there is no condemnation? Why do people feel condemned when Jesus, when God the Father says there is therefore now no condemnation? So if you feel condemned in any way, shape, or form, you can rest assured it's not coming from God. Woo! Again, I believe there's people that... Uh, Sickness comes on them. I believe that if people know that they weren't that good or they kind of lived in sin, and so when sickness comes on them, they, they feel condemned and feel like, well, you know what? I don't really deserve healing. Let's take that same mentality. Does anyone believe that they deserve heaven, that you're good enough, that if you do good enough or you have been good enough, that you could get into heaven based upon your good works. I mean, I learned that going to Sunday school when I was seven years old, man. There's nothing that I could do to get to heaven. It's based upon believing on him. Why don't we take that same mentality when it comes to healing, when it comes to prosperity, when it comes to the promises of God? It's called grace, people. None of us deserve it. 
But we have the mentality when it comes to healing. When it comes to healing, that seems to be the biggest one. When it comes to healing, that we really don't deserve that. Now, you don't say that, but when sickness comes on you and you look at your past, you think that I just don't know if I can receive it because of what I've done. When I was preparing for this message, that wasn't part of it, but the Lord, I just felt like, said that there's going to be people here today or people that are watching that he wants to totally set them free from all guilt, from all condemnation, from all regret, from all shame. You need to picture yourself bringing all of that and putting it upon the altar of God and the blood of Jesus just washing it. I mean, we sang about that this morning. It washes it away. It doesn't cover it. It washes it away as if it never existed. Anything that you're owning your past, you are not the owner of. Anything, in, if it's in your past, you are not the owner of your past. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all of your past is covered by the blood of Jesus, and you are not the owner of it. It's a lie if the devil tries to tell you that. That's good news. Condemnation. You say, well, pastor, I mean, uh, I, if I treat my wife wrong or treat somebody wrong or do something, you know, I feel bad. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation means that you deserve punishment. Listen to me. This is going to set you free. Condemnation makes you feel like you deserve punishment because you've done wrong. You're guilty, and there's nothing you can do to set it right. Conviction, on the other hand, says that, yes, you did something wrong, but I want you to know that it's covered by the blood of Jesus, and the hand of God is always reaching out to pull you up, not to pull you down. So if you're getting pulled down, you can rest assured you're going in the wrong direction. It's not from God. Conviction causes you to rise up and go, "Woo! I'm thankful that all of my sins have been covered by the blood of Jesus. My past has been covered, my present, and even things that I will do in my future are covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, when I feel convicted, I just know that, wow, God, you're so good. You're so good. But no, most people don't feel like that. They want to put, you know, just like we did back in the Old Testament, sackcloth and ashes. And you get a cat of nine tails, you know, and you hit your back. (laughs) Making yourself feel bad. I need to feel bad. I need to feel bad. That's not God. I said, that's not God. And that will cause you or put a hindrance between you and the healing that's on the inside of you. It'll put a hindrance on you from the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit being manifested on the outside of you. Condemnation is wicked. And I know that's the tool of the devil because if he can make us feel condemned then it's going to be hard for that soul part of you and me to take what's inside of us to make sure that it gets manifested on the outside of us. It's your soul that has the problem with its will, with its mind, and its emotions. Are, oh, man, because you feel so bad. I've done something so wrong. It's so bad. Oh, my goodness. It's just really bad. I'm just so terrible. I am such a pitiful human being. You can rest assured that's not God. I'm not trying to condone what you did, but this is what I am saying. If you live in that, it will take you to a destiny that you do not like. 
once we see how kind God is, how forgiving he is, how merciful he is, how good he is, it's easier for us to connect with the spiritual man to make sure it's manifested in on the external. It's in us, people. I've said it six ways and half a dozen. I mean, I've said it so many ways. The goodness of God is in you and me. The healing power of God is in you and me. The prosperity of God is in you and me. The fruit of the Spirit. Patience, it's in you. Goodness, it's in you. Kindness, it's in you. If it's not being manifested, there's been a disconnect with your soul to connect the spiritual to the, the flesh man. But it's in us. And when I have a disconnect, man, and the good news is this. Even when you have a disconnect, you can talk to God about it. God, man, you know, I'm just really, I'm really struggling this week. You know, I've just been grumpy to the whole world. I've been grumpy to everybody. I've been unkind to everybody. I'm even unkind to myself. I'm just, I've just been unkind. And the good news is you can go to your father and he'll help you. He will help you. He's a very present help in time of trouble. 1 John 3.18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. You are the one. Let me just stop there. You are the one to assure your heart. And there again, that's it. the soul is where you're going to have the assurance. You're going to have to assure your heart. The New Living Translation says this. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Verse 20. 1 John 3 verse 20 says. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. You know what that means? Your heart can condemn you. And you're wrong for allowing it. That's what that scripture means. God's greater than your own heart. I'm going to say it again. If your heart condemns you, you're wrong for allowing that. Are you thinking? Or disagreeing? It says... For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. In other words, what you're feeling, God is greater than your feeling. If you are being condemned by your own self, I mean, the devil's not even on this one, ladies and gentlemen. It's you. It's you. You are condemning yourself. He says God is greater than our own heart. And if our heart does not condemn us. In other words, you don't have any condemnation working in here. Guess what happens? We have confidence toward God. You have confidence that what he said about you, that you're righteous, that you're holy, that you're healed, that you're blessed, that all the promises are yes and amen. No matter what, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You have confidence that everything he said about you is going to be manifested to the flesh man. That's good news. I said that's good news because so many times we allow ourselves to condemn ourselves. And then we love that self-pity sometimes. 
We'll play just like a pig does in the mud. We'll roll around and just play in that self-pity. And, and we'll get people to try to feel sorry for, oh, I'm just so terrible. I'm so, don't let self-pity be something that you play with because it will devastate you. It'll cause you to feel condemned. And then you won't have any confidence to go before the Father. You and I, the righteous go before God as a lion, bold as a lion. How can that be? God, I thank you that I'm the righteousness of God. I have every right to walk in healing because of what Jesus has done. You have made me holy. You've forgiven me of all of my sins. I'm bold, Lord. I can boldly proclaim that I'm healed. Father, you said in your word that whatever I set my hand to shall surely prosper. I believe that I'm prospering, not because I can see it, not because I can feel it. I believe it because of what you said about me, and I'm confident about it because you have made me righteous and holy. That's a scary person to the devil. Somebody that cannot feel condemned or feel bad no matter what's going on. Somebody that's not controlled by the circumstances on the outside. For if our heart condemns us. The devil's not, now the, don't get me wrong, the devil will he'll he'll add to that. If you start to feel self-pity, he goes, "Yeah, man, you really screwed up bad." You really, I mean, and how can you, you call yourself a Christian. You, you call yourself a Christian. Yeah, I do call myself a Christian because of him. We have to, listen, this is a way of life where you continually have to take your eyesight off of you and looking in the mirror and take your eyesight and put it upon him. Him. Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus in the morning. Jesus in noon, Jesus at supper time, Jesus when I sleep. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let me say this. Let me try to give you an illustration. If I had a gallon of water and I wanted to give it to you, I could give you one gallon of water. If I had two gallons of water, I could give you two gallons of water. But whatever I have... That I can give. And then comes along God. He doesn't say that I have love. He is love. He doesn't say that he is kindness. He is kind. That's what he is. He doesn't contain the fruit of the Spirit. This is what he is. God doesn't have healing. He is the healer. That's all he is, is healing. My point is this. It's kind of like if you can understand this. If Instead of me having a gallon of water, if I was backed up by the ocean and say, here, I can give you as much or as little as you want. I have it all. I have it. That's what God is to you and me. He is total love. He is total. And that's all he can give because that's what he is. He's healing, and he's got more than enough to give you. It's not just a gallon's worth. It's not two gallons of worth. It's not just a little bit of kindness. It's what he is, and it's like the ocean. He has more than enough, and it's just going to flood your soul. He has everything that you and I need, more than enough, more than enough. Kindness is a language which, this is a quote by Mark Twain. Kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Kindness. Psalms 36, verse 7 says this, How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! 
Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Starting, I felt like the Lord dealt with me this week about the start of 2021. Thank God it's not too far away. And a big part of that, I feel like the Lord says, is I want my kindness and goodness to be on, listen to me, to be on display so much that people will once again trust in me. I believe the church has not been trusting God like we should. We haven't. We haven't been trusting God like we should. Why? Oh, because we've let the good times roll. We've depended more upon our paycheck. We've been depended upon more upon the economy. We've been dependent more upon our freedom. We've been dependent about things on the outside, which are good and which are blessings. I'm not belittling that. But I'm telling you what, we as a body have to get back to trusting God, no matter what's going on. Because in the good times, you trust God. In the bad times, you can still trust God. In the not so good times, no matter what's going on, you can trust God, and God's always going to see you through. But this is what he says. He says, how excellent is thy, God's loving kindness. Therefore, the children of men, therefore what? Because of this loving kindness, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Because of God's being so kind, I can trust him no matter what because of his kindness. Man, let's pray to God and say, can you give me a revelation of that? Because I just don't, I, I, I can't put my, my finger on that. Can you? This is what God wants you and I to know, that God is so kind, no matter what, you can trust him. No matter what, why? He's just kind. No matter what the doctor report says, no matter what the financial report says, no matter what anybody says in your life, your parents, your kids, your grandparents, every Tom, Dick, and Harry you know, they can have a report against you. And you can say, well, I know one thing. God's so kind to me that I'm going to trust him. And when the dust settles, I'll still be standing. I will. It goes on to say in verse 2, They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. I don't know what all that entails, but it just sounds good, doesn't it? Why are you going to be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of the house? Because God is so kind. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. Woo! Man, God wants you to enjoy life to the full. And he says, man, I know you may have drank sometimes and drank yourself and had so many pleasures. He says, but I'm going to get you to drink pleasures and there's no hangover. Mm-mm-mm-mm. There's no hug in the toilet. That's the wrong throne to hug, let me just tell you. Thou shalt be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. Thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. And all of this is, remember, is because of what? God's loving kindness. Verse 5, for, I'm sorry, verse 9. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness is to the upright in heart. O continue the loving kindness. So you and me, we have to be thoughtful of how kind God is. And then if you understand at a greater degree how kind he is, he sits there and goes, and guess what? I've put that kindness inside of you. It's in you. Undeserved kindness 
in the Old Testament is the same as grace. Undeserved kindness is the same as grace. Ephesians 2, 7. <coughs> he did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable. Now, do you know what immeasurable means? It means you can't measure it, by the way. Immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor, in his kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. Man. I mean, we need that tattooed on our forehead. You, you just need it tattooed on your forehead. And that, every time you look in the mirror, you go, oh, yeah, whoa, hey. Okay, maybe not your forehead, but someplace. Maybe not on your face. But... Uh, Listen to the Passion Translation. Throughout the coming ages, throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of His grace and kindness which was showed upon us in Jesus Christ. Wow. This is you and me. He's talking about us. He's talking about us. He says, I'm going to put you on display. Oh, come on now. He says, you're going to be on visible display of the infinite. That means there's no end to it. Limitless. That means there's no limit to it. Limit to what? The riches of his grace and kindness. Of his grace and kindness, which was showed upon us in Jesus Christ. Verse uh, I don't know what, oh, this is the New Living Translation. I don't know if I gave you that or not. Ephesians 2, 7, the New Living Translation. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Who are united, who have become one with Christ Jesus. So there again, you go to 1 John 4, 15. It says that if you believe in Jesus, you are abiding. So this is why we need to have boldness. This is why you can't have condemnation in your life. Because this scripture says, if you know that you're united with Christ Jesus, you can go before him and say, your loving kindness, your infinite, limitless grace and kindness... I just want you to know that I'm a participant of it. I'm qualified for it. So I expect that to be shown to me and manifested to me because of what Jesus has done for me, God. I just want you to know I'm coming before you and allowing you to know that. You get bold to God. He doesn't want you to look at me like, you know, I mean, we've all made these prayers. Oh, God, I'm just, so, I'm just such a sinner. I'm just so bad. I'm just so this and everything. No. To be honest with you, those kind of prayers are a stench to God's nostrils. And church people do it all around the world. I'm so unworthy. I'm so unworthy. Before you accepted Jesus, you were. I'm so unrighteous. Your righteousness is filthy as rags. Your righteousness is filthy as rags. But we've been made righteous. Romans 5, 19. You've been made righteous because of one man, Jesus Christ. So don't take it lightly that you've been made righteous. Don't take it lightly. 
that you've been made holy. You and I need to be bold about what God has done for us. Amen? One more. Psalm 63.3. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. So when we worship God, you say, why do you lift, why do you lift up your hands? Booyah, right there. I lift up my hands. Why? Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. But why am I doing this? Because of verse 3. Because your loving kindness is better than life. Because I know God's kind to Mike Davis. I lift up my hands and whoa, you're so kind to me, God. It causes me to want to worship him. It causes me to want to praise him. It causes me to focus on Jesus. Because of his loving kindness, I'll bless you while I live. I'll lift up my hands in your name. My soul, here you go. We're talking about the part that causes the the spiritual man to manifest to the flesh man. My soul shall be satisfied. (coughs) The will, the mind, and your emotions. God wants all three of them to be satisfied. He says, I want it to be satisfied as with moral and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. With joyful lips. There's a lot of people who serve God and they have no idea how kind he is. But according to what we've read this morning, it's limitless. It's infinite. And it's abundantly yours and mine. His kindness is abundantly ours. And the good news is, he deposited in us, and now it's time. It is time, church, for it to be manifested outside of us. He even said this, it's his kindness, his goodness, causes us to repent. And for most of my life, I always thought it was to God's kindness of what he did on the cross, it, it We're supposed to get a hold of that, so I'll ask for forgiveness. And there's truth in that. But the real revelation of that scripture, the kindness of God, leads us or causes us to want to repent, and it's to change the way that we think. Repentance in that scripture is to change the way that you and I think, mostly about God and about yourself. You need to repent. You need to change the way that you think about God. And you need to change the way that you think about yourself. Don't let condemnation, guilt, shame, regret haunt you. Get rid of that. Get rid of it and say, no more. From this day forward, I know the truth. The Bible says the truth will set you free. It will set you free from condemnation, guilt, I don't care if you says, but Pastor, I, I do deserve it because of what I did. As long as you hang on to that, it's going to be hard for you to receive healing, the goodness of God, and the promises of God. As long as you hang on to that, there's nothing that God can do. You, he's given you the truth. He's given you the good news. Now it's up to you and me for our soul to get a hold of that good news and say, I've got a hold of the good news. I'm letting it go. I'm going to be a recipient of all that he has for me, all that he's done for me. We have no idea what's inside of you today. It's not just a gallon of love. 
It's not just a gallon of kindness or a gallon of fruit of the Spirit, patience, faithfulness, goodness. It's not just a gallon. It's infinite. Now let's, we can't wrap our hands around infinite, so let's just picture the ocean. Somebody says, you want some water? I could bring you a cup. I could bring you a gallon. But somebody says, let me take you to the shores of California. Here you go. I got you some water. You go. You can't even see on the other side. Can't even see on the other side. As far as you know, he goes, man, it's infinite. I can't even see on the other side. That's what God's love is for you today. That's what God's healing is for you today. That's how kind he is to you today. There is no end to it. You can't exhaust it. You can't perform for it. Matter of fact, you can't even negate it by saying, I don't deserve it. Well, of course you don't deserve it. But neither do we deserve heaven. And God said, I've given it to you as a free gift. All of the promises are yes and amen means so be it. God said the yes part. Now it's up to you and me to say the amen part. Be it unto me. That's why, you know, we're coming up on the holidays. Mary said, be it unto me according to the word that you said unto me. She didn't believe that she deserved it. She just said, how can this be? People are still saying, how can this be? You may hear this message today and say, how can this be? How can God's kindness be so much to me? How can his healing be so much be given to me? How can this be? Mary didn't totally understand it. Neither do I, neither will you. But we can at least do what Mary said. Be it unto me according to your word. I receive it. Be it unto me according to your word. I am kind. I am healed. I am prosperous. I am what God says I am. And just start renewing your mind. Start confessing it, believing it, and then taking it before God and saying, Lord, I I need help in that area. I struggle in that area. I struggle about how I think about myself. There's so many people in here and are watching that struggle about how you feel about yourself. Insecurity. God wants you to know that your security should never be based upon you. It should be based upon him. Listen, I'm going to close with this. The more that you and I understand his loving kindness, the more that you'll be able to trust him. You'll be able to trust him. Amen. Let's stand. Is that good news? I said, is that good news? Amen. You can respond a little bit better than that then. If I say it's good news, yeah, it's all right. It's great news. Let's just thank, can we thank him for doing what he did? Let's just thank him for a minute. Father, we just thank him. Thank you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that you're loving kindness. Lord, help our, our eyes. Our spiritual eyes are open to it, but Lord, sometimes our natural eyes are closed to it. Help us, Lord, to see your loving kindness to see your loving kindness. Paul said to pray that the length, the depth, the breadth, and the height, that we may know of your tremendous love. Help us to do that, God, to know that your loving kindness has been poured out like the ocean into us so that we can trust you in every circumstance. Lord, we just thank you for what you've done for us. This message, let it burn in our hearts, Father. Let it burn in our hearts. 
that the kindness and the goodness of God will start being manifested on the outside. People will see a change in Jesus' name. Listen to me. You can make yourself try to do right, try to do good things. But God is not in self-discipline in the fact that you are the one or the agent to do that. God is in transformation. You see the difference? Law will never cause us to walk morally before God. We can have every law written that a Christian can think of and put on the ballot box and it'll all be accepted. It's not going to change this nation. But hearts that are transformed into knowing who they are, that will change the nation. You can legalize drugs all you want, but if there's nobody who wants to take it, what good is the legalization? You can legalize anything that you want. But if we understand and get a hold of the goodness and kindness of God, it'll transform your life that it doesn't matter what's available to you. Paul says, I can do anything I want. Paul said that. I can do anything I want. There's nothing that I can't do. But I've chosen because I've been transformed to live for Him. To do everything because I've been transformed. Not because I have the, the, this legality of laws that, that I have to abide by. No. No, that's not it at all. I've been transformed. I've been changed. I don't have a desire to do that. I can go do it, but I just don't have a desire to do that. I can look at all the porn I want to. Lift your mouth back up. I can look at all of the porn I want to. Free. I'm free to do that. I just don't have a desire to. I've been changed. I've got something more that I want to look at than that. It's the goodness of God. That doesn't appeal to me. It's His goodness that appeals to me. The things of the world don't appeal to me. It's his kindness that appeals to me. It's his goodness. It's his love. It's everything that he is. You see the difference? You shouldn't be doing that. Don't do that. You shouldn't be doing that. You can only live like that for so long. But I've been transformed. It doesn't matter. I can do it all. I can take as much drugs as I want. I can drink as much vodka as I want. I can do I can sleep around. I can do as much as I want. Woo! I'm free. I've just been transformed into a new creation that's never existed before. And I have the heart of my Father inside of me. And just like Jesus, I live to please Him. I don't try to please Him. I live to please Him because He's in me. We have a revelation of that. It'll transform your life. It will transform your life. It'll cause you, I won't have to say, you know, you should come to church. No. To be honest with you, if Pueblo had a, a revelation of the goodness of God, this building wouldn't hold. There's not a building in Pueblo that would hold the people. Father, I pray in Jesus' name and thank you for a revelation knowledge to all of us that we have been transformed in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>